It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs for the aftermath of the Chiefs versus Falcons. And uh, we'll call it a slow game. That's where we'll start anyway. Plenty of updates coming today as we look to break down the details of how, when, and why that particular game happened. We're brought to you by Pepsi today. This football season is different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi's a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Now, as we're preparing for Monday Night Football, we're going to go through a lot of the details, and some of them fairly fine, about this game. But we have some things we have to discuss, prior that are going to have a pretty significant impact. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, and your host over at RGRfootball.com. And I'm Chris Clark. Hope you all had a happy holidays and are going to have a happy new year coming later this week. Lots to talk about today, so let's just go ahead and dive right in. When we look at for news today, there isn't much really to talk about. Uh, it did get posted by one of the Kansas City Star reporters, Sam Mellinger, said that he thinks the Chiefs do not expect Mitchell Schwartz back for the playoffs. Yeah, that uh, that's a little bit earth shattering, and I've been I've been trying to calm the waters about his possible return. You know, really for the last few weeks, because I kind of felt that there was no way it was going to be regular season. Um, and I had hoped with the bye week that there was an opportunity for it to be in the postseason. But that doesn't mean it won't happen, but this certainly puts a lot of cold water on it. Yeah, and I think what it really means is that he's probably – he may be done. I mean, I don't want to speculate too much, and we need to talk about the Chiefs in general. But, man, after going out uh, last year and getting injured and, and after playing all those snaps consecutively and losing that streak and then getting hurt last year – and then getting hurting again this year, you just have to wonder what's going to happen for next year. And it's one of those things. This I won't say that this is uncommon. I, I felt like this with um, a couple of guys, Zach Taylor being one of them through the years, that when you're such an Iron Man, when it does start to fall apart and you start to see those first cracks, it does feel like guys that have that much mileage on them tend to fall off the cliff rather quickly. Yep. And, you know, hopefully we're both wrong and we will let you know as soon as we hear something. But uh, at this point, they haven't said anything about Mitchell Schwartz. And I think that's the other part of it that really makes me think that they're not expecting it back this year is that normally with guys like that, they'll say, oh, they're getting close or they're getting better. And but we haven't heard anything like that at all. And so you have to expect that uh, it is going to be something that he's not going to be back this year. Now, another injury update that we did get, Sammy Watkins, it sounds like his injury was considered minor, so obviously he won't play this Sunday. Should be back after the bye from what uh, Ian Rappaport reported earlier. Don't really have any injury updates on Ben Neiman at this point, uh, but Coach Reed did say he was going to hold some people out of this game on Sunday against the Chargers since it is meaningless for Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's important. Um he was very adamant the last couple of weeks about, hey, we're not counting our chickens. You know, I, I'm not going to even talk or consider that until we know what the situation is. I think that's perfectly legitimate. I, I 
can understand why in that position, coach would get a little frustrated, continually asked about that when it's premature until the situation is what it is now. Um, I would like to see that. And I, not just for the quarterback. Um, I'm all for uh, getting Travis a, another game with another catch. I don't think he needs to continue his streak of eight or seven or whatever it was. Um, I think there are a lot of guys that could use a bit of rest. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I really do think that it would be great for them to be able to get a lot of guys rest. But the reality of the, of the NFL season is you're not going to be able to rest everybody. So you're still going to take a risk uh, regardless of who is ends up playing. Obviously, you would imagine that they're going to let Mahomes have uh, a rest and Hill and Kelsey would be the guys I would imagine are definitely going to be resting this week. Uh, so if you have Kelsey or Hill or Mahomes, and you still have more fancy football to play, you might be looking for somebody else on the waiver wire when you hear this episode. <laughs> Luckily, I will be done. Uh, I only play in the one league. It is the uh, the seven-year redraft dynasty league um, that really is difficult. Um, it's a lot of old college friends, and if any of you guys are listening, yes, I'm going to win again. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> You know, it does come down to this final game that we're getting ready to watch here. So we're going to get into where a a number of things are at, uh, starting with the quarterback that is on everyone's mind and where he's at at this point in the season, uh, especially if he may not have an opportunity to play next week. Coming up next. Who's ready for some football? It's almost here. The college football season is starting to get to the bowl games. I'm pretty excited about that. And then, of course, we have all the, the playoff games for the NFL as we get in to January. There's plenty to talk about. And a lot of it comes down to if you want to be part of the action or not, there's one place that you can be covered and one place that you can trust, and that's betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Go check out betonline.ag. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So some quarterback rumblings today, and they revolve around two things. And just briefly, we don't need to get into this because I think it is kind of a throwaway, but it's very interesting, the two paths of what a young guy tried to come out and get with a team. He was selected by a team that wasn't prepared to to bring him up. And Dwayne Haskins has been released after being the number 15 pick which is not that far off from where Patrick was selected. And I just want to point that out to everyone and just reiterate down to the details that that this is not as talented as he is and as talented as he was in college. There were questions about him, and it takes a staff like Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy to bring a quarterback up in this league. Yeah, it absolutely does. And you're right. Washington did not have a plan for him, and and we get that. And, uh, that's going to be something they're going to have to deal with. The other side of it, though, is really you start looking at uh, what that's going to mean for Dwayne Haskins. Uh, his bigger problem that he's going to be facing now is 
nobody claims him, but I would imagine somebody's going to claim him just because it's a cheap contract uh, to get a QB of that caliber, regardless of whether or not you think he is, uh, you know, damaged goods or not at this point. To get a QB of Haskins caliber, I think somebody will claim him. If he doesn't get claimed, he may have a hard time catching on with a team soon or this year because he went out and basically decided he wasn't going to do the COVID guidelines. And that has got to be taking away from a lot of teams that would be interested in him. Yeah, I mean, and, and from my perspective, um, this is about accountability, and he has no interest in being accountable for his own actions. This is a guy that's had a second and a third and a fourth chance to try and carve out a career in this league where th- this is a privilege to play. This is not a right. Just because you were good in college doesn't mean you get to play this game. And uh, I agree with you. I think someone will claim him as well uh, because it is short enough time frame that somebody that had a good grade on him, a high grade on him coming out, I think is going to go right back to that well and see if they can fix whatever, quote unquote, uh, that they feel might be wrong with him. Yeah, and I expect that's going to get done. And, you know, good for him if he gets to go to a place that would actually that will actually develop him as a QB, but you're right. Accountability is the number one thing. And if you're not accountable as an NFL player, you're not going to be lasting in this long in this league very long. So that's definitely something that he's got to work on. I want to shift back and, and I know where you wanted to go on the second part of this, but I want to talk about this really quick because one of my favorite things is seeing players tweet after games and, and you know, the next day after games, Patrick Mahomes tweeted out today, two targets, 0 for 2 and 1 INT. My career as a wide receiver might be over. (laughs) Let me be the first in Chiefs Kingdom to say, please, let it be over. Don't put him out there again. It's good to have skill sets. You don't got to show them all the time. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like the fact that they're trying to get him involved in other ways uh, just because it's fun. But I get where you're coming from, and you don't want him to get injured. Uh, My favorite part about it, though, was not only he tweeted that out, then Tyree Kill said he got mossed. To Patrick, Patrick responded and said, you know, I'm a back shoulder guy and called out Sammy Watkins and Sammy Watkins then blamed Tyree Kill saying you're just supposed to throw it up. And so he blames Tyree Kill. So (laughs) the players are having fun. And obviously at 14 and one, you can do that. Yeah, you certainly can. And I mean, and quite frankly, yes, I agree with you. There is room in there for you to split the quarterback out at some point in the future. Um, But there was a clip that they showed. I want to say it was Phil Rivers maybe in Indy, if I remember right, where literally they didn't even bother to cover it. And I just don't think that Patrick's going to get that kind of, of ineptitude oh, coverage. True. You know what I mean? That's absolutely true. Yeah, it's a lot different when it's Philip Rivers who runs a six-second 40 uh, compared to Patrick and his speed and fleet of foot. So, yeah, no, I get that completely. Uh, my thing is, is, you know, people are going to say, well, they're not taking it seriously. I'm going to say, honestly, I love seeing players being able to make fun of themselves. Uh, to me, that is great on their part. Uh, they see that they're struggling in some areas, or in Patrick's case, uh, the people throwing to him struggled. <laughs> <laughs> Again, let's put he's Sammy, having fun. But but let's put Sammy in, in a in a position to succeed, not fail. Don't have a, a wide receiver throw the ball across his body. I mean, like make it the easiest quarterback throw you can come up with, not the hardest. I don't disagree with that, but to be fair, Patrick told him to throw it. I mean, if you watch the replay, Patrick motions to him, bring it, bring it, come on. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, 
when your quarterback tells you to throw it and he's the one giving you the ball, I yeah, I get it. Yeah, okay. Well, it could have ended badly. And again, in that situation, I think it was a little a little mistimed there. But, hey, it is what it is. In terms of them being able to make light of themselves, I, I agree with you. I think that's, that's a sign of a loose team and a confident team that isn't afraid to fail. And when you're on this kind of offense where you're constantly experimenting and you're constantly throwing out wrinkles, I think it is good to be able to acknowledge the fact that not everything's going to work. I mean, we don't see failed plays very often. And so when they do, for them to to take, again, accountability for the smallest of things to be able to make fun of yourself actually shows you the difference between what a quarterback who feels he has a right to this game like Haskins versus all these guys that already have championship rings and are still trying to innovate and still trying to push the boundaries. Yeah, and they're having fun. And and honestly, that's the biggest thing when it comes to the NFL that we, you know, we take for granted is these players, they have to love the game. They have to have fun. They have to enjoy what they're doing or they won't be as successful as they could be. So to me, this is even more of a reason to be more happy about that because in my mind, this is them having fun and and being able to joke around and knowing that uh, they're in a situation where they can and they're the number one seed now. Yeah, and that's, at the end of the day, that's one of the goals along the road that you've set out from way back in, you know, the first conversations post-Super Bowl last year. Before you ever knew that COVID was going to shut everything down, that was one of the steps that you you knew you had to take and that you knew you wanted to have that buy. The fact that they limited it to one team only made it that much more important. So uh, taking those steps, I think, is, again, a visualization pattern and accountability pattern that makes winning franchises winning franchises. And honestly, I think this is going to be one of the first weeks where I'm going to actually pick Kansas City to lose. Um, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves when you talk about this game against the Falcons, but I think I'm going to pick them to lose against against the Chargers. I think they have the ability to win, but if you take out too many of the pieces, I, I really have a hard time seeing them win this game. Well, I'll wait to see who those pieces are before I venture a guess. Well, no, that's fair. I'm just saying if if you take away the superstars who we think are going to be there and not playing, which would be basically all the guys that made the Pro Bowl, good luck beating the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert is Justin Herbert. He is going to have one of the all-time rookie years. So let's let's give credit where credit is due. So um, that said, uh, we've said a lot about things that are uh, – you know, tertiary to the Chiefs' current setup and predicament. So on the backside of this break, I think we'll get into the details. There are a ton of things that build walls in my life. Time is hard to come by. And when I need to break through, Built Go is something that helps me get through it, whether it's a mental or a physical wall. Breakthrough with Go every day. They're easy, one-and-a-half-ounce packages that fit anywhere in your pocket, in your briefcase, in your backpack, and goes the best workout gel on the market. Five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. And there's three brand-new delicious flavors. I absolutely love the peanut butter honey, and I also enjoyed the chocolate mint. So you need to check these out. These are absolutely delicious. Bill Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Bill Go is loaded with the good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Bill Go then kicks to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentages. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BillGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. 
Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BillGo.com. Let's go. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sorry, I just want to say really quick how amazing. I I know we need to talk about Patrick Mahomes more, but I just have to say this about Kelsey. What an amazing season. He's more than likely done for the regular season, over 1,400 yards receiving, uh, over 100 catches, and, I mean, he did it in 15 games. That's never going to be matched. You know, they said that before. There's going to be somebody. There are a few rule tweaks they can still put in to make it even easier to throw. That's true. Game. So, yeah, but, but like, don't take away from the moment. You're absolutely right, especially when you look at it as a team that, does get to sit their starters, their stars in week 17. That's, that's a big plus. Uh, so more kudos to him. And uh, I thought he was really contrite in his post-game um, interview. Not, uh, I didn't see a presser presser, but the interview he did with, uh, uh, with Mitch on uh, a cheese rewind, I think it was uh, for him to eclipse that and still be able to, even in a moment when you should take the time to recognize your accomplishment, uh, for him just to remain at least vocally focused on what this team has to do, I think that goes a long way again in talking about the the accountability that the players feel to each other and not just to the record book in a situation like this. Well, and his maturation. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it speaks to for me. I mean, for him to come out and say he cares more about being 14-1, and one, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. I'm not trying to call him a liar. I'm just saying for him to come out and say that, and to have that message going out, I mean, that's phenomenal, especially from a guy who, you know, five years ago, I guarantee he wouldn't have been saying something like that. Right. It, the dramatic opposite, right? I mean, we can all hear some of the things he said in the past. I mean, yeah. and, But he still likes to party. He still likes to have a good time. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying he is grown enough to know where he can do things and where he can't. And he is enough of a leader to show the young guys. And this is what's important to me. By saying what he said, he is showing the young guys, it doesn't matter about personal accolades. This is all about you. This is all about the team. This is all about what we're trying to do. That is the message he is sending with what he said, and that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and especially when you see what this group is right now, when you're getting major contributions from McCole Hardman, from Juan Thornhill, from last year's class, from, from CEH, Willie, and LJ this year, when you have these guys that, um, whether they came from a national championship program or La Tech, like you can, you can find in between that they're all still a bit impressionable. Even though they're all playing well, they can see that even if you're an all-pro, even if you're the best guy at your position in this league, you still can remain focused on the bigger picture. And I, I think that, again, is top-down feeding the, the foundation of the organization. Absolutely. And for Mahomes and him to have the relationship they have, I think that's also helped Travis as well. And speaking of Mahomes, we do have another conversation that we need to have. No, nothing's changed. I don't care what the betting lines are. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I don't know how any more succinctly to put it than that. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. I'm glad Aaron Rodgers is having a great season. I think it's a wonderful conversation, especially for the guys that seem to have a good relationship off the field because of their commercial ties and all that stuff. Um, But at the end of the day, yes, the stats are better. And I would give that Rodgers certainly is playing with a a lesser complement of weapons. But the plays that are made in order to make these plays happen, whether they're the scoring plays or the chunk plays that get you in scoring position, it's it's just too special to ignore what Patrick does. Well, I don't disagree with you. I will say this about the weapons. I think that we get caught up on the fact that Patrick has Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell, but it's not like the Green Bay Packers don't have any weapons. Devontae Adams is a monster. Probably one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL, at least the way he's playing this season. Don't uh, throw things at me. Devontae Adams is better than Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying he's not. I know. I'm just saying the Chiefs kingdom. I'm just saying as an overall wide receiver. Fair enough. I think the argument's there. And I'm not trying to put Tanyan on the same level as Kelsey, but Tanyan's had a fantastic season for them. Uh, so, you know, I would say he's probably close to the top. He's easily a top 10 tight end, at least this year. Uh, and I think you could put him in the conversation for close to top five, uh, with the way he's played, at least, uh, if you're looking at, you know, receptions and touchdowns and all that stuff. But when you start getting into the rest of the field and the rest of the players that the different teams have, Aaron Jones is probably better than Clyde Edwards Alaire. Be fair about it. Jamal Williams is probably at least close to on par with what Le'Veon Bell has shown as, as a chief at this point. Yeah, for sure. So running backs, you're probably about even – it maybe f- favors Green Bay a little bit. I think where Aaron Rodgers really gets to benefit is his offensive line, I think, is better than what Kansas City has. Oh, yeah. And, and, it, and that's a huge theory. deal. Yeah, it's enormous. And it's about having the better weapons at, at three and four in terms of your target progression that you know you can still rely on because there's just too many guys uh, to cover for any one defense, you know? So, um, yeah, he benefits from the the whole line, and I, I think he he definitely pales in terms of, of wide receiver three and four or, or pass catcher three and four, let me put it that way. Um, I think he, he does have less to work with than Patrick does. Yeah, well, and that's fair, but at the same time, I have to agree with you. I think Patrick is the MVP this year. I don't know that he'll end up winning the award, but I think he is the MVP at this point. Uh, I will just watch him. <laughs> what, what was that? I will forever call him the COVID MVP. I just I, – I, the arguments don't make enough dent in how I feel about what he does with the ball in his hand. Yeah, and it's just – it's week after week after week. And, you know, we've had people tweeting at us about this as well. And I have to agree with the sentiment. I think we've gotten a little spoiled and we just figure he's going to do amazing things four or five times a game. And against Atlanta, he did a couple, but he didn't do normally what he normally does. uh, And didn't pull a rabbit out of his hat three or four times like he normally does, but uh, he still played a pretty decent game. I mean, obviously you don't like the interception, but he's human. People are going to make mistakes. Well, I, I put it this way um, to my family last night. Um, yesterday against the Falcons, Patrick Mahomes was, was an average playoff quarterback. Yeah. And it looks significantly lighter and less impressive than his average day out does. And that's really what it comes down to. Well, and, you know, somebody else mentioned this, and I didn't even think about it when we were getting into this game. 
But Bob Sutton was the defensive coordinator of Atlanta. You can't tell me that he didn't know some things about what was going on with Kansas City. I'm not going to say it made a huge difference. But all you need to know is a couple of things here and there, and it changes the outcome of a different place. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. I would I would not think that it's specifically about the plays as much because I feel like the offense well, the players quite a bit. I mean, and even specifically Mahomes, I don't – I mean, he was what? It was his bench year the last time Bob was here, right? So I, I don't know how much you can read into that. I will tell you this. I think – I think Sutton, for every problem that he had here that I used to complain and moan about and and focus on, I think at the end of the day, when he gets a little distance and he moves on to another team where he's in an advisory role, he can he can boil down. He's still a, a defensive mind that can boil down what's worked for teams in this league that have played coverage over pressure versus those that have had the gusto to try and play man and get demolished. So I, I think it was it was playing into what I expect to see in the playoffs. And that's fair, but to be, you know, Sutton was the defensive coordinator of Patrick's first year when he won MVP. Ah, okay. He got let go after the AFC Championship game when the Chiefs lost. So, Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Uh, right. It's all a blur. No, I get it. Well, and, and you look at the season for Kansas City, you know, you mentioned this yesterday on yesterday's show. We both picked them to be 14-2. and two, So we're both probably going to be well, – we're – Obviously, going to be very close to right, whether it's fourteen and two or fifteen and one. Uh, neither of us would have picked the Raiders to be the loss, <laughs> but you still look at it and you went eight and zero on the road, and you know that says a lot about the team and the ability to do whatever they want to do when they when they want to do it. Yeah, I mean, and when you look back at our predictions, the two games that, that each of us had them losing were road games. So not only are, are we going to nail the number, but they have surpassed even our rather optimistic look at what they were able to do outside of Arrowhead Stadium. Yep, and we'll see whether or not they finish six and two or seven and one after this week. Uh, I think that you know, as I said earlier, I think with as many players as are going to be out, I just can't see them winning. Considering I think the Chargers are going to want to win, uh, but and Justin Herbert has been playing fantastic, so I think that's going to be difficult. But we'll see how that ends up shaking out. I do think that in the end, I think. The other thing that is going to work against Patrick in this case is I think that if he was to get to 5,000 yards passing, which I know is an arbitrary number, but I think it's partially reality, uh, that he would have a better chance of getting the MVP. But I still think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to end up being the one that gets it. Well, given that it's only happened, what, a handful of times. Right. But I guess my point is, is – Mahomes' season is done at this point. I can't see any chance that he may, he takes a snap on uh, Sunday. So, at this point, his stats are what they are. Well, if they want his stat start streak or whatever to to reset, I, I can let him go in and hand the ball off for a down. And old Chad, it's your, your turn, bud. Yeah. But 4,740 yards, 38 touchdowns, and six interceptions – and 108.2 rating for the year. That's where he is right now. So the only thing that he could really gain would be this the start streak, which I don't think they really care about, but we'll find out, I guess. Um, and, you know, he's not going to throw for two touchdowns. He's not going to throw for 260 yards. I mean, I just don't think that they're going to let him play. So yeah, uh, we'll see. But I have to ask you one last thing before I let you go. Le'Veon Bell versus Daryl Williams. Were you surprised at the workload for each? I was not. Um, when Bell pulled up, I think that shifted the tide. 
I think they were looking at a, at a roughly 50-50 split until then. And then they realized that um, as much as I love Darrow as much, uh, you you do want Bell as your starter until CEH returns. So I think you have to let off the gas on him right there when when anything kind of pops up physical. Um, but I, I do feel that uh, Daryl ran well. Uh, I don't know what the averages broke down to. Let me. Yeah, but they put him in bad spots too. Right, and that's the thing is is they always do. And I thought, in particular, I thought the short yardage was really encouraging because to see him be able to tuck in behind those guys and get something done, I thought that was the big plus. And he did actually did run for more average just in general as well, four point six versus four point three for Bill. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is why backfields are built the way they are. This is this is why when they took Ceh, I said I still don't like the positional value, but his fit makes up for that. And I think on a whole we've seen that. But at the end of the day, you still have to have two and three ball carriers to put in your backfield at any given time because of the wear and tear that that position takes, and that's part of it. Uh, that's nothing against Ceh, and I think honestly. Um, as well as getting his injury healed up. I think uh, his legs will be fresher when he comes back as well. Yeah, and that's a big thing, I think, especially considering we haven't talked about him hitting the rookie wall. Uh, Mm -hmm. So this actually could make him fresher for the playoffs and actually help in a way uh, as long as he's able to come back from his injury, which from all indications that we've got so far, he will be back for the playoffs. Uh, And I, I believe he'll be back for the first game, but it may end up being the second game they end up playing if uh, he's not able to go to that first one. And I'm I'm more than comfortable with that. And tomorrow, I think we'll need to have some conversation about expectations in the playoffs because the guy who isn't in the locker room this year is a playoff gamer. And that is something that these three guys have to step up. Yeah, and we're going to have to figure out how he's going to fit into this team next year. Obviously, Bell won't be here, but uh, with what CEH has done, I have a hard time believing that he won't be the starter next year. Yeah, no, CEH is the starter, period. I don't think that there's any question in our, anyone's mind. I think Damian Williams might have a problem with that. Okay, sorry. Outside of Damian and his family, there's no question in anyone's mind. <laughs> <laughs> that said, uh, that will be a conversation for tomorrow or Thursday, folks. We appreciate your time and you spending it with us the home stretch. I, I'm shocked that we get to say that the season is about to end and we made it all the way through. And thank you very much. We hit 2 million listens for the year. I just want to give a huge shout out to everybody. Uh, Thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we will be getting uh, even more for you over the next couple of days. Yeah. Tell your friends this. uh, There's room on the train. It's going to be a lot of fun. And this is where it gets real exciting. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to us today. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 